Welcome to Chronosphere Fiction. Here it is, the season finale of Generation Z. Let's get right into it. Dead Zone 6, a road west of Porterville. That was a close call. I... I never thought they'd actually do it. Do what? Invade the dead zone, chasing after me. They must think you're a threat. Well, yeah. They know you could blow their whole operation wide open. And that's what we're going to do when we get to Embalmersfield. Right, Sheriff? That's the plan. I think we'll have a much easier time convincing them your story's true, with Porterville and Ashes and the lifeguard on our tail. You don't think they'll catch up to us, do you? I reckon it'll be a few days before they head towards the zonal capital. By then, hopefully, the army will be sent in to defend it. And us. Do you think it'll come to war? Back there, it seemed a whole lot like it already did. I meant between the ULZ and the UDZ, all over the country. I don't know. I don't know. You think this'll end the summit? Maybe. Mayor Schumacher may have been able to ignore the three of you, but the UDZ sure can ignore this. How far away is in Bombersfield? Couple hours at this speed. When we get there, I gotta call my dad. He and my brother must think I spontaneously combusted or something. <sighs> I miss home so bad. Well, at least you have one to go back to. Sam, what's the matter? I, I just feel like it's my fault. What? All of this. Their attack on the town. All the people, they're hurting. Samantha, none of this is your fault. You didn't ask for any of it. Well, if they caught me before I could get to the dead zone, none of this would have happened. And all of those people back there would still be alive, or, well, you know what I mean. Now, Samantha, just try and think of the people you've helped. Not just these two here, not just those zombies back in the living zone, but every soul that'll never meet the fate of all the zombies they've been swooping up for all these years. What they've done is on them and them alone. You're the one who wouldn't have a part of it, and you've got to remember that. In fact, you ought to be proud of it. I guess. You're proof positive that the living ain't all rotten. Thanks. Sheriff. Yes, ma'am? You didn't have any family back in Porterville, did you? No, ma'am. Thankfully not. Never raised a family in life. Never had the opportunity in death. <laughs> Do you ever wish you'd done differently? Well, not on days like today, at least. Rough world we live in. That's for sure. Speaking of which, it's about to get a little rougher. Huh? What do you mean? In my mirror here, I see a vehicle gaining on us real fast. Oh, no. Well, maybe it's just someone trying to get away from Porterville like us. Well, the uniformed men in the bed of their truck with automatic weapons arouse more than a little suspicion. Oh, God. What are we going to do? Reach under the seat, son. I got a loaded shotgun down there. I... Well, I don't know how to shoot. I never used a gun. I can shoot. The lifeguard trained me. Give it to her. And you, Mom, I'm going to need you to take the wheel. Fuck, it's been years since I've done any driving. It's real easy. Just keep it going straight, all right? Yeah, I can do it. Be real careful now, Sam. They may try to come up alongside us. If they do, you aim for the folks in the back. I'll try to pop the driver. Well, what should I do? Don't get your head blown off. Pull over immediately. Or we'll open fire. Pull over. Sounds like they want us alive. Or me, at least. This is your last warning. Pull over now. I got an idea. Steer the truck just a bit to the right. Okay, I got it. That's right. 
Side of the road. Now hold on real tight to that wheel, you hear? I'm going to hit the brakes hard. What? Why? Hope your reflexes are sharp, Sam. They're going to be passing us real fast. We'll have about half a second at most. The instant we're alongside them, broadside them. Understand? All right. Stop the truck. Here goes nothing. Oh! Everybody all right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Got him. Good work, gang. Uh, you can let go of the steering wheel now. Uh, yeah, okay. But thanks. We'd better go get their guns, just in case we've got some more company headed our way. Nick, hop on out and fetch him, will you? You got it. Jesus, I forgot how easy the living die. Yeah. I warn a few more will end up dead before all is said and done. Zombies, too. And by the time it's all over, everybody's gonna be wondering why. I never killed anyone before. Not by choice. What do you mean? The lifeguard forced me to burn a zombie once. He was just a boy. Christ, that's terrible. Yeah. I still think about it sometimes. I remember everything he said to me. I don't think I'll ever forget. What did he say? He said, this is what my mom told me would happen if I got caught in a living zone. Well, Sam, if it's those boys out there you're broken up about, I reckon shooting folks that make you do something like that is a touch different. Especially when they're coming up on your arm and aiming to kill you. I guess. Don't dally, Nick. We're going to want to get to Embalmer's Field before the dark. Sooner we're there, sooner we're safe. Safe? Yeah. Dead Zone 1. A crisis room in the White House. This is more than just a declaration of war. It's a categorical act of war. And if we don't respond in kind, it's a signal to the entire world that anyone can trifle with the UDZ and slaughter its people with impunity. That is a gross exaggeration. Evidently, General Adams can no longer distinguish between a full-fledged war and an isolated raid on a town. Our response must be measured carefully considered, not the bellicose reflex of a junior warlord. The lifeguard has invaded our territory and killed unarmed civilians. It's beyond me how the president's chief of staff could so brazenly understate the seriousness of the attack on Porterville. That is, unless he were a party to LZ-1's intentions. Oh, come now. These absurd, asinine- This man would rather spare the lives of those lifeguard barbarians than avenge the deaths of his own kind. Oh, gentlemen. Please, Aaron, your personal grievances here will do nothing to resolve the matter at hand. The Senate Majority Leader's right. We can't let bad blood bog us down. Not now. What about Mark? What about my husband? Mrs. Knox, the latest direct communication we received from the President came yesterday, informing us that his return would have to be delayed several days owing to complications. Complications? What kind of complications, Mrs. Speaker? We're not entirely sure. Some hurdles in negotiation. And have we heard from him since then? No, not directly. Although the communication received from LZ1 today in regard to this incident made mention of him. What did they say? That he couldn't personally confer with DZ1 at the time, being too deeply involved with the talks, but that he was reassured by the consul's explanation and implored us to accept it, also so as not to disrupt his diplomatic agenda or risk further loss of life. Peculiar, isn't it? 
to put it mildly. Did they say anything else about Mark? They said again on his behalf that he may have to extend the summit until the eve of the centenary of the outbreak. What? That late? It's unconscionable for the president of the United Dead Zones not to be here the day before the 100th anniversary of the transition. The delay is certainly unfortunate, but the centenary is merely ceremonial after all. President Knox isn't needed to oversee preparations. At the worst, he'll still be here to commemorate the occasion with his people on the centenary itself. And how better than with a freshly negotiated treaty from the ULZ in hand? What's truly unfortunate is that he isn't here to lead his country in a time of crises. Unfortunate. <laughs> or convenient, perhaps. Well, with the vice president on a diplomatic mission in the Zombies Republic of China, deciding the UDZ's next steps falls to us. What was LZ1's formal response to Porterville? Yes, how are they trying to explain this away? They're denying responsibility. Of course. General. They say the attack was as much a surprise to them as us, that it was unordered, unexpected, and that the consular government is collectively fuming over this and wishes to help us rectify the situation. Who's this coming from? The vice council. Rectify? They fear this lifeguard unit may proceed into DZ-6, towards the zonal capital. They wish to deploy a unit of their own to crush this rogue unit, a lifeguard division in LZ-11. Oh, so they want us to let their men march across our land to DZ-6 so they can clean up the mess they made. I think it's a show of good faith. They're risking the lives of their own forces, sparing ours to put down yet another band of rebellious raiders. You all recall that this event is far from unprecedented. But the ULZs never offered to suppress their own before. Not Buford, not anyone. They've always left the problem to us. True, Senator. Something doesn't smell right. Isn't there a nearer unit they could deploy? It's my opinion that this offer of theirs is simply indicative of the improving relations between our countries and a heightened eagerness on their part to work with us for our mutual good. They don't want war any more than we do. At least, some of us. What say you, Senator? Well, it's troubling. Deeply troubling. But it's not quite war. Not quite yet. If it were up to me, I'd cut the summit short, withdraw the president, and sanction the ULZ. But the president has his priorities, as we know. Indeed. And his manipulators. Does it look like an interzonal war to you, General? Has it really been so long? If they wanted a war, they'd attack more than just Porterville with a few hundred men. Any fool could gather that. Posterity would see us as the aggressors, the warmongers, if we use this sole raid as justification for a devastating continent-wide conflict. Now that would be unprecedented. Perhaps we don't need to launch a war, but proportional retaliation, on the other hand... What exactly do you propose? Occupy a border city of theirs, without violence if possible. Hold it until the lifeguard has left our territory. It would only heighten tensions, possibly to a breaking point and further complicate the already complicated state of negotiations. The summit was supposed to be simple. He told me so. He said, just a few days. He, he promised something isn't right. At any rate, I think I agree with Mr. Danton. It's a half measure. When it comes to armed hostilities, it's all or nothing. Senator, what do you think? The ULZ has to answer for this, no doubt. But for now, the president's agenda and the peace take precedent. Furthermore, 
The president is commander-in-chief, and he would have to sign off on any substantive military response. A wise decision, Senator Michaels. Then it's imperative that we resume direct contact with Knox. Yes, please. Absolutely. Agreed. We'll stay on the ULZ about it. Never stop prying. He's got to be available to speak sooner or later. And the division in LZ-11? No marching overland. Their troops should be airlifted at their own expense. So we're going to trust them to fight our battle for us? I think it would be reasonable if General Adams, at the very least, ordered the occupation of Embalmersfield for its own defense. The lifeguard can take care of this affair, but we should have our own forces on standby. I concur. I can have the 40th Infantry Division in there tomorrow. Excellent. I'm glad we could all reach a peaceful concord that's satisfactory to everyone. If and when the summit ends in resounding success, we won't regret the decisions we made here today. I know the consular government won't regret them. The war-at-any-cost approach doesn't seem to be a successful one, General. But let's not forget, the ULZ has much to answer for, Mr. Danton. Well, of course, I... <laughs> they certainly do! Giving Mark the runaround, keeping him there for no reason until the centenary, away from his country, away from his family, is just not right. And the raid on Porterville, of course. The First Lady's right. President Knox and I have had our differences when it comes to policy, but LZ1's treatment of him seems to be underhanded, to say the least. Agreed. Rest assured, we won't stop until we've made direct contact with him. If the ULZ wants a moment's peace, they'll let us speak with Knox. All right, unless there are any other pressing concerns, I think we've addressed the issues at hand. I'd say so. Adams, you attend to the occupation of Embalmersfield. Michaels, you and the Secretary of State communicate our response to LZ-1. Danton, I want your people spending every minute henceforth attempting to reach the president himself. Certainly. Perhaps, Mrs. Speaker, that task would be better off in your hands. After all, your staff is larger than Mr. Danton's. That's, uh... Fine. That would be fine. You make a fair point, General. Please, Mrs. Speaker, this has nothing to do... Mr. Danton, please. You've always had a good working relationship with both President Knox and the Consul. Go to LZ-1. Find out what's going on. There are questions the UDZ needs answered, and it can't wait. Very well. I'll leave at once. I expect so. Well, we should all see to it then. We've got a busy few days ahead of us. Thank you all for your time. Thank you, Mrs. Speaker. Thank you. Excuse me, Mrs. Knox? Yes, General Adams? If I could just have a moment of your time. Certainly. What's the matter? Pardon the secrecy. Sometimes I've got to wonder if everyone here is completely trustworthy. What do you mean? Mrs. Knox, I think that certain members of your husband's administration aren't as loyal to him as they might like us to believe. You, you mean Danton? Let's just say I'm glad they're sending him away from DZ-1. I dare say he's less dangerous outside the capital. Well, I know he tends to be lenient toward living, but he's been a friend of the family for years and years. Mark has total faith in him. I've never had any reason to... Exactly my point. Mrs. Knox, I, I know you're worried about your husband. I am, General. I, I just have a bad feeling is all. So do I. I wanted you to know you're not alone in worrying for the safety of the first family. And not just the president. General Adams. Forgive me if I'm out of line, Mrs. Knox, but it's no secret that something's amiss. I appreciate your concern, but I'm not at liberty to speak about my daughter's condition. I know, I understand. I don't know what's going on with Marie, and I don't want to know. But Danton's involved, isn't he? 
He's, well, yes, but you don't think that business has anything to do with Mark or the ULZ, do you? I'm not sure, but we both know there's something strange happening in LZ1. What this raid in DZ6 has to do with it or things here, I don't know. But I sincerely hope the facts come to light before it's too late. Maybe none of it's as bad as it seems. Maybe everything will turn out just fine in the end. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe so. Why did you feel that you had to speak with me, General? In case things don't turn out fine, I want you to know you're not alone, even with the President away. You've got someone on your side, someone you can trust. Thank you, Adams. I truly appreciate that. Be on your guard, Mrs. Knox. Be careful what you say and who you say it to. These are uncertain times we find ourselves in. They are. And I will. Well, I'd better be going. Take care of yourself. You too, General. Living Zone 1, the cell block beneath the Consular Palace. And I told him that I simply couldn't go along with the whole scheme in good conscience. With the shameless genocide he planned for the UDZ, and I've been here ever since. He couldn't keep me in the lab, and for whatever reason, he's chosen not to kill me. At least for the time being. And that's about all there is to tell. Awful. I know, and I'm racked with guilt thinking about what I've unknowingly abetted. They used me as just another means to a monstrous end. I should have known. I should have realized it. It's a lot to absorb, Doctor. I'm not a doctor anymore. I'm not sure what I am except a prisoner. And I know, I can't imagine how shocking it must be for you. Your country and your countrymen are in grave peril, I'm sorry to say. And so are we. So, you have no clue what the Consul wants with us? I'm afraid not. I'm not sure why you would have been separated from the other zombies, or why you were led to LZ-1 in the first place, or what it could possibly have to do with your other son. What do you think happened to the others? Well, I could hazard a guess. It's almost hard to believe, even after what's happened, that the living have been conspiring against us for so long in secret. There was just no indication at all. The dead have no idea whatsoever. And that is precisely the idea. Catch them totally unawares, so that the UDC has no chance to fight back and no hope of resistance. And you said there was a cure? Yes. I've never seen its effectiveness for myself, but apparently so. I honestly didn't think they'd ever find one. So if they've got a cure, and they want to turn the UDZ back into a living zone... What do they need the gas you developed for? I suppose for those zombies that chose not to go along with the program. And it's not just the UDZ that have their sights set on. They want global detransition ultimately. Oh, it's going to be a massacre. Unfortunately, you're right. It's going to make the interzonal wars look like nothing. It's going to change the world as we know it. The most profound cataclysmic event since the outbreak. And on the 100th anniversary. Precisely. It's all very deliberate, very meticulously planned, and of course, pure evil. Well, they definitely did a bang-up job of fooling the UDZ, the president. What's going to happen to Knox? Your guess is as good as mine, but I doubt he'll be leaving LZ-1 alive or dead in any sense. Wonder if the same goes for us. Well, you've made it this far. There must be some explanation why you've been singled out. I, I really worry for us. And for my son, Nick. Things were so normal just a few months ago, and now... I understand, Mr. Hobbs. There's no denying you've come to a very dangerous place at a very dangerous time. (laughs) You know, I've been around for 117 years, but never once did I think I'd ever end up imprisoned beneath Living Zone 1 in the process of searching for my missing brother. I can't blame you. Schneider, how long have you been down here? I'm not entirely sure. There's no natural light and no means of telling time except for counting the minutes. Weeks, maybe. At least it felt like that. They come and feed me once or twice a day if I estimate correctly. 
When was the last time they came and fed you? Not long before you were placed in the neighboring cell. It's been an unusually lengthy stretch of time. Two days, by my reckoning. They must be up to something. Thankfully, I saved scraps from my last meal. Why do you ask? Maybe when they come to feed you, they'll give us some answers. I wouldn't count on it. They've never spoken a word to me. They've waited for me to crack, to finally relent and join the cause, I'm sure. But I'll die first. I can tell you're a principled person, Schneider. It's noble of you, but what use would it be to sacrifice yourself at this point? It won't stop what's been set in motion. What good would it accomplish? Wait. Principled? <laughs> Sorry, but the guy experimented on kidnapped zombies, and then killed them, and then made a super weapon to kill even more. Kevin, he never intended to. What does it matter if he didn't mean to? <laughs> Great, so he accidentally developed a chemical that's deadly to zombies after experimenting on them against their will. Kevin, it's... Unfortunately, he's right, Mr. Hobbs. I could make cheap excuses, but I always knew we'd get to human trials, and there would likely be failures. I never cared for the way they went about it, the coldness, the cruelty. But my hands aren't clean in this. I was an unwilling architect of the slaughter to come. But you drew a line. You said enough. Yes, too late. And nothing can change that. I'll have to live with it, and most likely die with it. Or die for it. That's one way of looking at it. Kevin, I'm not sure you're being entirely fair. Fair? I'm being unfair? Dad, you've been wrong about the living for decades. <laughs> Wake up. Look where we are. We've come all this way, and for what? Nick, right? Dad, Nick is probably dead. You heard what Schneider said about them abducting zombies for their experiments. There's nothing the living won't do to destroy us. I mean, if Schneider's the best the living can offer, then the dead are fucked. If you don't realize that by now, after all this, after all we've been through... Sounds like breakfast. Guess again. I ain't here to provide room service. What do you want? You and your dad. You try to resist again. We tie you up and bring you where we want you anyway. Is that understood? Yes. I want to hear it from this brat. Please, Kevin. Fine. Stand away from the door. Now follow me. Don't even think about trying anything. You should feed Dr. Schneider. I'm sure he can wait a little longer. Hasn't eaten his pillow yet. Where are we going? <laughs> You'll find out. Please, don't hurt us. If we wanted to, believe me, we would've. No more talking. Mr. Hobbs, at last we meet. It's truly a pleasure. I'm sorry, who are you? My name is Nathaniel. I happen to be Consul of the United Living Zones. This is Dr. Megan, Minister of Public Health and Sciences. Delighted. What, what do you want with us? First, allow me to apologize for the abysmal conditions of your cell. It was necessary to keep you there for a time. Your future lodgings will be far more comfortable, I assure you. Positively, homie. Future lodgings? Ah, Kevin, I presume. How do you do? Confused, thanks. I'm not at all surprised. This must be rather confounding indeed. I'm glad that our mutual friends, Dr. Schneider, could bring you up to speed with ongoing affairs, to some extent. Wait, you... you... Of course I know. It's quite all right. I was expecting as much. He saved me a fair bit of breath, a good deal of explaining. But, regrettably, I still have some explaining to do. All right. 
You see, Mr. Hobbs, your anonymous patron from DZ-1 was never in fact from DZ-1. The shipments were rerouted from there and sent here. Your anonymous patron is myself. What? Wait, so it was you that brought us here? It was. I went to considerable lengths getting you from DZ-7 to LZ-1 discreetly, as you know. But, but why? Because I admire your work, of course. Here, you recognize this piece of yours I'm wearing even now? You manufacture, with great skill and finesse, I might add, ideal protective wear for a world leader, especially one that's occasionally at risk of assassination. You see, Mr. Hobbs, I'm not an unkind man. I help my friends. I brought you and your son here to spare you from the coming onslaught in the UDZ and to engage your services into the future. You... you want me to work for you? Correct. Not only will you be handsomely paid, but you and your son may live in comfort, opulence, and safety at the Consular Palace henceforth. Well, I... I don't know what to say. You really want zombies working for you? It certainly wouldn't be the first time. No! I hear you've used them before. At least you have, Megan. Merely doing my duty, nothing personal. Is that what you told them? Kevin, I... Now's not the time. Oh, no trouble, Mr. Hobbs. It's perfectly natural for him to respond with outrage and indignation. After all, how else could he possibly take it? It's a deeply unfortunate but eternal truth that leaders must do awful things in pursuit of righteous causes. Posterity may understand, they may not, but a gleaming reputation is most definitely not what I'm after. And what are you after? <laughs> I think you know. Revolution. Reunification. Detransition. Mass murder. Oh, no. Quite the contrary. I am not a bringer of death. I am death's conqueror. I hate to sound melodramatic, but this, my boy, is about ensuring the continuance of life on the planet Earth. Yeah, sure. I don't expect you to understand. I can't. Our peoples are very, very different, but not for much longer. And are you going to turn us? Resurrect us, too? If you choose. I would completely understand if you wish to remain as you are now. However, the option is available to you. If you wish to feel the sensations of life once more, that's entirely your prerogative. Well... Thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> Mr. Hobbs, you've raised a very spirited young man. I respect that. Dad. Something on your mind? Uh, I... Yes, actually. My other boy, Nick. From the start, you said you had information about what happened to him. That's... that's the whole reason we came this far. Is that true? Can you tell me about him? It's true, Mr. Hobbs. And I can. You may console yourself in the knowledge that he's safe and sound. Oh, that's... that's an enormous relief. Dad. What? He's lying. Um, where is he? That's not important for the time being. But, in the near future, he can be brought here to stay with you and Kevin. That is, of course, should you accept my offer. I... I'm sorry. I'm... my head is swimming. It's just so much to process all at once. I understand. Dad, this isn't right. I... I don't know what to do. Say no. They're liars and monsters. <clears throat> Mr. Hobbs, take my advice. 
Choose your battles wisely. You've been given an extraordinary opportunity. Don't squander it. The opportunity of multiple lifetimes, I dare say. Advancement and luxury you never imagined in a hundred years. The choice is yours. Do the right thing. Dad. I appreciate your offer, sir, I really do. But I have to decline. And why is that? I'm sorry. I have to do the right thing. I've, I've never been fervently patriotic or anything like that, or even particularly proud of being a zombie. But I'm not going to betray the UDZ like this, or my kind. I can't be a part of what goes on here, no offense. My son would never forgive me. I could never forgive myself. Living or dead, I want to spend however much time I have left being an honest person and making an honest living. I'm flattered by your patronage and your gracious offer, really. But it's too much. I'm not your man. I just ask that you let us go home, back to DZ-7, and we'll take our chances. Very well. Your decision is regrettable, but certainly understandable. May we do that, sir? Go home? Of course. Thank you for your time, both of you. I apologize for the trouble. It's, uh, it's no trouble. The exit's this way. I'm proud of you, Dad. Let's go. Hey! What are you doing? Hey, let go of me. What is this? I'm sorry it had to come to this, Mr. Hobbs. Hey! Hey! Observe for yourself, Mr. Hobbs. Dr. Schneider's groundbreaking and invaluable contribution to the war effort. No! Please, no! Let me out! Dr. Megan, if you please. Of course. Stop! Stop this! Please! What are you doing? Stop! I beg you! Too late now. Dad! Dad! Kevin! Watch, Mr. Hobbs. Kevin, no. Rather effective, wouldn't you say? No. Imagine a battlefield thick with the stuff, just like fumigating pests. I told you that I help my friends. Those that stand in my way, on the other hand, aren't dealt with so generously. Let this be a lesson. You will do what I say. Don't forget about your other son, Nick. Nick? Lars, return him to his cell. I think he needs some time to himself to ponder his mistakes and his next step. Come on, Hobbs. You heard the man. This isn't a dead man's world any longer, Mr. Hobbs. Don't ever forget that. Alas, poor Kevin. We knew him well. The main character that started it all is gone. And that's the end of Season 1 of Generation Z. In the future, we will be releasing all 11 episodes in one supercut. Remember to tell your friends to give it a listen and to visit patreon.com slash chronosphere. Here's your cast. Sheriff Dietz and Lars are played by Daniel French. Samantha Cooper and Charlotte Knox are played by Deborah Cristobal. 
Nick Hobbs is Joey Ochoa. General Adams and Mr. Hobbs Sr. are played by Warren Clark. Mr. Danton is played by Zachary James Macias. Senator Michaels is played by Cindy Stevens. Congresswoman Harper is played by Christina Eliason. Dr. Schneider is Rodrigo Diaz. Kevin is Will Geary. Dr. Megan is played by Julia Eve. Nathaniel, Consul of the United Living Zones, is played by Blake Benlin. Generation Z is written by Blake Benlin. Production, directing, editing, and sound design is done by Daniel French at Fishbonius Sound Design. We hope you catch all the episodes of Chronosphere Fiction. Keep your cosmos clean. Keep your cosmos clean. Keep your cosmos clean. Keep your cosmos clean.